Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? Guys, welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast, brought to you by your host, me, Matt Bruning. You can find me at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. Got a great episode for you guys today as me and Dennis are going to be jumping into some AFC East camp battles. We're going to be continuing our camp battle series. My goodness, guys, I cannot talk coming off this very fun weekend. Obviously, with NFL camps coming into progress, mandatory camps, I believe, starting tomorrow for a lot, if not all, of the teams. So we'll be continuing to focus on those as we start actually really starting to knock these out and jump into redraft season as we're already in June. So really just about a month and a half away from preseason games. After we talk about the AFC East battles, we will get into who won the Listener League entry from last week and the newest way to get into the Listener League. And as always, we have Mr. Dennis Bennett with us today to talk about those camp battles. Get off! Get out of the car! It's go time! You and me! Look, Mommy, the rhino's getting too close to the car! Him too way to get out! He just a little guy! That's it, big boy. I'm gonna wail on you. You're gonna regret volunteering for this job, for Hey, boys and girls, it's Papa Smurf! You don't want none of me. Think it through. Come on, give me your best shot. I'll give you a free one. Let me have it! That's it? Come on, you can do better than that, can't you? Captain Limpress, try again. Hey, everybody, is there a window open? I feel a draft. Hmm. Huh? Ah. If I wanted to kiss, I would have called your mother. Come on. Ah. That was a good one. Dennis, how was your weekend? No, I had a phenomenal weekend. The kids were camping with Grandpa, took the wife to the Strawberry Festival in Troy, Ohio. Uh, man, I scored major points. She's like, you need the, the kids are going away. You need to plan something. Then she's like, what did you plan? Cause you screw everything up. I'm like, I'm not telling you. There you go. So what? one of my coworkers has, has some food trucks and I was like, Hey man, where are you this weekend? And he's like, Oh, I'm at the strawberry festival in Troy. He's like, it's a really great festival. You, I'm like, cool. It sounds like a plan. My wife loves that arts and craft fair food. 
it was phenomenal. We had a great time. Well, that is awesome. I'm 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 proud of you because I would have completely messed that up had had something like that happened with me and my wife. I would have uh, I would have been like, okay, well, hey, let's go see uh, that new movie came out. What is it up? Uh, Aladdin. Let's just let's just go do that and then come home and relax. So yeah, she, well, she would have been mad at me. So you know, my dad always used to say, even a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. Yeah, well, I, I still need to find mine. But as I talked about in the intros there, we are doing uh, camp battles. Um, after the camp battles, we will announce our winner of the pet contest there, and we will discuss how what the next way is to get an entry in. Uh, we're going to try, I think... Now, I haven't even talked to Dennis yet, so Dennis is just hearing this as you guys are. Uh, we're prob- I'm, I'm thinking we probably need to speed this up a little bit because if we continue on this pace, we're not going to fill the league until like mid-August. And I would like to get the draft done around then, and I, I don't want everybody to be kind of rushing to get in. So we will discuss that a little bit further off uh, off recording. But uh, definitely today we'll do at least one more entry for that. Obviously, there's still a way to get in by leaving a review. I think we're up to 28 Last I saw, so two more entries, and those last people will get entered in, and uh, we'll, one of those will be chosen at random to get in as well. We are at six right now. Uh, we will announce seven today, so we're getting closer and closer to getting to this league full, and we are also getting closer and closer to having the shirts ready to look at. I've got a guy who's working on it. Me and Dennis have been talking back and forth. And I know I've been, a guy. Yeah, exactly. I do. I know a guy. I know a guy. And uh, but he's he's working hard on them. We're we're giving him different ideas and different things to approach. And once those are good, I will be posting them on Twitter for everybody to see. Uh, I am excited with the direction they're going at the moment, though. So it should be uh, should be a lot of fun. This league is going to be awesome. So with the camp battles, we're going to start with the AFC East, like we did uh, in the AFC North and South, and we will start with the division winners and move on down. Obviously, the AFC East division winners. The New England Patriots, they, they've been that for easily the past decade, and it's kind of surprising. They have a lot more battles than many would think, especially with the way that they have contended for Super Bowls, at least over the past, uh, again, decade. At running back, there was a lot of concerns about Sony Michelle, his knee, the bone-on-bone issue. They did draft Damian Harris. And then you have James White and Rex Burkhead, both very good receiving backs. All four of these guys kind of competing for the same roles all together in that backfield. How do you expect this backfield to play out? Well, I think Belichick has established what he wants to do with Sony Michelle. He said that uh, he's... Michelle has that bone-on-bone issue in his knee, and he's going to end up with a shorter career than maybe uh, somebody that had has two healthy knees. So he's he said, we're going to put him in this role, and we're going to use him. I could see Michelle having 15 to 18 touchdowns this year, having one of those LeGarrette Blunt type of years where he rushes for 950 yards and 12, 14, 16 touchdowns, um, but seeds the passing game to James White, who's super effective. Change of pace to uh, uh, Damian Harris. You know, I, I know everybody's in love with Josh Jacobs, <laughs> but you know Jacobs couldn't beat out Damian Harris at Alabama. Harris put up two 1,000-yard seasons uh, playing in front of Josh Jacobs. Harris, uh, you know, he caught 52 passes in college, including 22 in his senior season. So I could see Harris kind of being a a combination of White and Michelle, but definitely being the direct backup to 
Michelle. I, I don't know if Burkhead's going to make the team. Uh, I could see them moving on from him. But I also know Burkhead is he's not above playing special teams. So having all of them on the team going into the 2019 season probably is more than 50-50 odds. But the, the two primary guys are going to be Michelle and White. Yeah, and I agree with you there. Um, I, I think Michelle is probably going to get close to what you were talking about. Again, he, he has struggled with injuries a little bit here and there in college, and then obviously we saw him sit out a little bit last year, and I think that's exactly why they brought in Damian Harris. I would not be surprised, and not just making the bone-on-bone comparison that Jay Ajayi had, but I would not be surprised if he had somewhat of a career like Jay Ajayi where he is just you know, awesome for a couple of years and then just fades because that injury is a believed to be very serious, especially in running backs. I'm not a doctor, never been an NFL running back, so I don't know the kind of pain that that brings. But if it really is as bad as they say it can get, I would not be surprised if Sony Michelle isn't out. I don't want to say out of league because I don't wish that upon anybody, but maybe not as effective as he has been three or four years down the road, which might be why they brought in Damian Harris. Keep him kind of fresh for the next couple of years. They got him, uh, what was it, in the third round this past year in the draft? So... They only have him for the four-year contract, unfortunately. I, I don't know why I was thinking they had him in the first round and, and the five-year contract but because uh, that was Michelle. But, uh, you know, he, I do agree with you. I think he's going to be the change of ba- uh, pace guy. James White going to be the receiving back. I, I think they will keep Rex Burkhead as more of just a depth option, especially with the amount of injuries they've suffered at running back the past couple years. But I don't expect him to play any kind of role uh, in fantasy at all unless one of those guys or two of those guys go down. The Patriots also have quite a few wide receivers here all kind of vying for the same role. I think we both agree that Julian Edelman is going to be the main guy in the slot and probably Tom Brady's number one uh, going into this year, even though, again, he's not an outside wide receiver. Uh, The main guys on the outside they have are Demarius Thomas, who they brought in, obviously, this offseason. They also have Nikhil Harry, who they drafted in the first round this past year. Uh, A lot of people very big on him, obviously. Uh, Philip Dorsey said who they brought over from the Colts and then obviously they also have Maurice Harris who they brought over I believe this uh this offseason how do you expect this uh wide receiver core to kind of pan out on the outsides knowing Julian Edelman has the slot locked down yeah I definitely think that it's going to be a combination you know when they're in two wide receiver sets uh it'll be Edelman and Harry uh, Philip Dorsett will be the third guy, and he's going to continue to do the the play the role that he's played, which is the field stretcher outside guy running the fly routes. Uh, Harry, it's going to come down to how quickly can he learn to make the adjustments at the line of scrimmage to be comfortable for Brady. Uh, you know that's what Edelman does. It, you know they're like. Edelman seems to be that they share a mind almost. And so when Brady needs something, Edelman just does it without asking. You know, we did see last year, Josh Gordon came in and was able to fit uh, into a specific role uh, and was lauded somewhat for how quickly he picked up uh, a lot of aspects of the New England offense. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that Harry comes in and is able to do uh, something uh, to make himself valuable to the offense. You know, the, the other people on the team are 
all new as well. You know, Thomas has been there, but he's 31 years old, 30 years old, coming off a, a torn Achilles. I, I'm not uh, very confident that he's going to be able to bounce back from that. But if he if he does have some mobility, maybe he doesn't necessarily have to be explosive. He can play the big wide receiver role, uh, and maybe that pushes Harry to the back uh, back of the line a little bit. Uh, but honestly, I don't know that I see that happen. And I think Braxton Berrios is the next most experienced, quote unquote, Patriot way receiver. Mm-hmm. So, and he's he's the direct backup to Edelman. I don't I don't think they're going to move Edelman to the outside very much. Is there a scenario where you see them maybe putting James White out wide? I suppose, but all of their tight ends are pretty uh, new to the system as well. So it's it's honestly it's there's such a fog of not knowing other than Brady and Edelman and Dorsett when it comes to throwing the ball. There's so much unknown there with the tight ends. You know, Watson's going to be suspended. Uh, is ASJ then going to be the guy? But they signed Matt Lacoste for two or three times as much money as they signed ASJ. Oh, but wait, Steven Anderson's coming back from his concussions. You know, it's 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 going to be a, a weird, weird situation. In fantasy, I guess, I'm going to take Edelman. Uh uh, I'm, I'm also going to brag a little bit and say that I did take Edelman in our startup that we're doing. Uh, where did I take him at? It was, I think, surprisingly early, especially for me, uh, at the 707. It's a two quarterback, two tight, or super flex, two tight end, three wide receiver, four, or two running back, three wide receiver, a uh, couple flexes, and, uh, you know, Edelman just seemed like the right guy to take there. You know, there's DJ Moore. Uh, what direction was that going? Uh, let's see. No, there's Allen Robinson, Vance McDonald. Cooper Cup was there. I suppose you could have made the case for Cup, but coming off the injury, you know, Mike Williams. Yeah. I just feel like Edelman's going to get a ton of targets this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree with you. Like I said, I think he's the – He's the one guy in this offense that I I would want. Um, you know, again, I, I, we talked about this a little bit on the back road show when we brought up Nikhil Harry and his ADP uh, with some other players around him. Uh, I, I'm just not sure that Harry comes in and does what Josh Gordon did. I know you kind of uh, were comparing DK Metcalf a little bit to Josh Gordon and, and what he's able to do and what Josh Gordon was kind of able to do when he came in. And, and I believe it was Arms who said something like, but Josh Gordon is just a physical freak. And, and he is. And I think he's also been lauded many a times on how smart he is football-wise. You know, he obviously, unfortunately, I, w- I don't even say he does dumb stuff, but it's the stuff off the field that has kept him off the field. He when he's on the field, he's proven to be a great football talent. So, I, And I just don't think Nikhil Harry's there. Um, I do understand that they need the threat, uh, a big guy who can go up and get the ball, especially in the in the red zone now with losing Gronk. And maybe that is who Nikhil Harry will be. Uh, I'm just not 100% sold on him. I think for me, the only wide receiver I'd want is Edelman uh, because I agree with you. He's the guy Brady's going to go to. They have that connection where he knows exactly what he needs to do on every single play whenever he sees Brady move or whatever it needs 
He's going to be there. So I, I love Edelman. I do think that Nikhil Harry is obviously going to win one of those spots. They spent a first-round draft pick on him unless he just completely comes into camp and falls on his face. He's going to be one of the wide receivers there. I would love to see Demarius Thomas bounce back because I think he's a good guy, great wide receiver. I'd hate to see him go out the way that he has or could could go out, obviously, with the injury to his Achilles. Uh, but I'm with you. Uh, with it happening so late in the year, I'm more, I don't even know if he'll be back by camps. I haven't seen anything of him talking about how he's already running or anything like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if he does make the team or if they, they keep him, that he doesn't start out on the pup list designated for return or anything like that. So I think it's going to come down to uh, to Dorsett. I think it's going to be Dorsett and Harry on the outsides. And I guess if you had to choose between those two, you'd probably have Harry over Dorsett set because Dorset does kind of seem to be that one hit wonder uh, going deep down the field um you did kind of touch on the tight ends there a little bit so do you have an, uh, an opinion on how you think that might play out I mean I would imagine Watson is going to be the guy he's been in that offense before a uh, veteran tight end he, he knows what he's doing out there again he's suspended for the first four games so I'd imagine they're going to lean heavily on I would assume ASJ over Anderson um, but neither one of those guys to me are, are explosive or or anything really to worry about fantasy wise I think once Watson comes back he might be somebody to look at but even him I think it's a little bit kind of a flimsy for the fantasy game yeah, it's it it's a, a situation that you just want to avoid. Even in the league we're drafting in now, which is two tight ends. Yeah. I I waited on tight ends and it's you know, it's two tight end with a tight end premium. And so I don't have terrific tight ends. I've got uh, Delaney Walker and Jordan Reed and I'm not there there's nobody there and yeah you know, I'm not taking Watson. I could see him being just the glue guy that's there to be the mentor uh to Lacoste and uh oh who the hell else do they have that's young there? You know, they got ASJ but uh Steven Anderson. You know, Anderson is more of a glorified receiver. So it's if you have to own one it's probably Anderson and you want him on your taxi squad. Mm -hmm. uh, so you don't have to worry about playing him. But if you, if you're going to, if, if you're streaming, then maybe you take Benjamin and hope you can hit the game where he catches four passes for 30 yards and a touchdown. Uh, but it's, it's, it's to, to be avoided. Yeah. Yeah. I think that really his only upside is going to be touchdown. I, I don't see him being that guy who's going to be like drunk and getting you, you know, four, five, six catches with 50, 60 yards is going to do something after the catch. I'd imagine if Watson has any value, it's going to come uh, from the touchdowns. The Miami Dolphins finished second last year, and they have maybe possibly a quarterback battle here. Um, I, I really think it's going to end up going to Rosen. But I guess the big question is, do you think that Rosen will be the starter when the 2019 season starts? Or do you think they're going to go with Fitzmagic and then give Rosen a shot once Fitzmagic starts to struggle? Well, the real unknown there in Miami is the coaching staff. You know, you've got Brian Flores. He's a first-time head coach. Uh, I feel like he probably has a fair amount of leeway when it comes to Determining who is gonna about or for determining how long the rebuild is gonna be allowed to take, um, 
his coaching staff is going to have to they're going to have to commit to Rosen. If they want, if they're going to give it to Rosen, then commit to Rosen. Rosen already has went through a bad year with a shitty team, and he had a terrible coach who got fired after one year. Uh, then he had a new coach come in, saying all of the quote, quote unquote right things, uh, and then essentially uh, booting him out the door first chance that he got. You know, and I get it. I guess you know they they wanted their guy. The uh, who, who's the GM? Chris Greer in in Miami. So is Chris is Rosen? Is he Chris Greer's guy, or did Brian Flores go? You know what? That makes sense. And Chad O'Shea say that makes sense. We we like Rosen. Go get Rosen for me. Uh, if that's the case, then I think Rosen is going to get the shot, and they're going to. Let him develop. Uh, I think Rosen's a pretty good quarterback. Uh, I think he was in a lousy situation. But it's going to come down to will they keep him uh, on his feet so he can make some plays. Uh, You know, they've got got some decent running backs, uh, great young tight end and Mike Gisecki. But their wide receivers are – really a bunch of nothing so it comes down to uh the line jordan mills jesse davis daniel kilgore chris reed and jeremy tunsell if those guys can come through and and give give rosen protection then maybe maybe he's able to stay healthy all year and use this as a growing year go into 2020 and, and draft some studs to put around him on offense yeah, and I'm right there with you. Like I said, I would not be surprised if Fitzmagic starts the season, but I agree with you. They're going to have to commit to Rosen. Maybe they let him sit a couple games to kind of continue to learn the offense, though he did come in there at the NFL draft. Uh, you know, co- teams that get new coaches get their, are allowed to have their players in earlier than other teams. So he was already in there trying to learn this stuff. So maybe they do start the season with him. I hope they do. Um, you know, I've obviously been a noted uh, Rosen hater, or however you guys want to put it. I, I've not been a big fan well, of his. that was accurate. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I don't hate the kid. He, he's very good. He seems like a nice person. I, I hear he's got off-field stuff as well, and, and not necessarily the greatest person to deal with, but I've never dealt with him, so I can't comment on that. I just didn't think he was as talented as the other other quarterbacks coming out in that class. And so far, that is, I've been proven right, I feel. Now, again, as you pointed out, he was on a really bad team in Arizona. And I actually kind of think Miami might be, in a way, better, at least offensive line-wise, they're better. I mean, maybe not some of the weapons they have around them. They obviously don't have a DJ um, or Larry Fitzgerald. But I do like some of the, the players they have there. We'll get to one of the wide receivers. I know we both like that they drafted. Uh, I believe We're both Kenyon Drake fans. I mean, again, I know he's not DJ. But I think they have some weapons around him and a good offensive line. Uh, regardless of whether or not they start the year with him as the quarterback or he gets the job, I think it's going to be a huge year for him because I think if he struggles, I would not be surprised, again, with all the rumors, they will they would possibly take a quarterback in the 2020 draft. And that's really going to suck for him because I would like to see him get an opportunity, a team to kind of believe in him and give him the opportunity to do something. So hopefully he's able to turn it around somewhat in Miami 
this year and prove that he can be a franchise quarterback. We just talked. I was just talking about Kenyon Drake. So they have Kenyon Drake, Kalen Balaj, and then they drafted Miles Gaskin, who I was a big fan of um, coming out in the draft this year. Running back uh, for me, I think. I think Drake's going to be the guy. Again, we talked about him a little bit on the pod with the back row show the other day. Um, When given the opportunity, Drake has been extremely good. I think that Drake is going to get probably 15 to to 18 carries a game. Kalen Balazs, I think, is still going to get some run this uh, regime. Not the Brian Flores, but the – I can't remember what you just said the GM's name was. Um, Chris Greer. Chris Greer, but he was the one who drafted Kalen Balazs, so he obviously believes in him. I think Kalen Balazs could possibly end up even being almost a goal line back, but he's going to come in, be a change of pace guy, take some carries away from Kenyon Drake, and I do think they'll use Miles Gaskin as well a little bit in the receiving game, though Kenyon Drake is very good in the receiving game. Uh, I don't think it's going to be necessarily a three-headed monster. If I had to guess, I would say that it's going to come down more to Drake and Gaskin, um, but I do think this is going to be the year Drake finally gets a shot at being the guy. Now, whether or not that he can hold up, I don't know, but I do think this is finally the year where he doesn't have a crazy head coach, as you put it on the back row show episode, and uh, he's going to get a shot to prove what he's really worth in the NFL. So, I think if the Dolphins try to make Kalen Balazs a goal line back, they will be so disappointed. He's not a power back. Yes, he's big, but he's not powerful. Uh, He averaged 4.4 yards per carry in college, which seems respectable. Uh, Miles Gaskin averaged 5.6 yards per carry in college. Yeah. And Kenyon Drake averaged 6.4 yards per carry in college. It's he's not powerful. Uh, at, you, when I watched his college stuff, he, he's a an oversized finesse back with su- suspect vision. He doesn't have great vision at all. I'm not a Balazs fan at all. I I think that uh, he was one of those guys that came in at two almost 240 pounds at the combine and ran like a four four forty. And caught the ball really well. On his junior year in college, he caught 44 passes. Uh, so he, he can catch the ball. Get him out there in space with nobody around him so he can get himself turned around, uh, then maybe he's fine. But he's not as, I, I don't think he's as good a pass catcher as Drake is. Uh, and Gaskin, Gaskin caught 65 passes himself in college and Average thirteen hundred yards a season in four years. Gaskin had over thirteen had more than thirteen hundred yards three of his four years and almost thirteen hundred his fourth year. So, Gas to me, I think Balazs is going to end up getting opportunity and failing. I think I'd love to see Drake get at least fifteen carries a game and at least six targets a game. Uh, he showed last year. Uh, on what did he have? He had 120 carries and 73 targets last year and still finished as RB 14 in PPR. So if you can get Drake 190 carries, 200 carries and, you know, a hundred targets, 
you're looking at a, a, a top 10 running back, somebody who's very dynamic. So to me, it's, it's all Drake all the time. And then let Gaskin be the change of pace guy. I, I don't want anything to do with Belage. Yeah, like I said, I, I don't either. You know that I've not been a fan of Belage. We, we've talked about him many times in the past. I, I love Drake. You know, we both we were both on him last year, thinking that last year was going to be his breakout year, and then obviously he got Adam Gase there. Uh, so, I, like I said, I'm a big fan of his, and I do like Miles Gaskin. Um, one thing that you brought up, I, I don't remember who we had on the show with us. It might have been Garrett uh, when we were talking about running backs coming into the NFL was uh, uh, after the draft. Both of you brought up the fact that he does have a lot of work on his legs that he had in college, uh, which might be a little concerning, though I don't think that affects him really in the near future. Uh, but I do agree with you. I, I think it's going to be the Drake show. I'm, I'm excited to see if, if he can put together what we all hope he can in, in the limited amounts that we have seen him and what he's able to do. Wide receiver. is it's That's it's, a hot mess. Yeah, it's bad. I was... I was going to try and politely put it, but it's it's just bad. So you've got Devontae Parker, Kenny Stills, Albert Wilson, Preston Williams, and a guy that I really liked when the Browns drafted him, Ricardo Lewis, but he cannot stay healthy. I believe he's already on the IR again for the Dolphins, uh, but I have him on here just in case he, he might ever you know make an appearance. Um, do you have any hopes in anybody here outside. I mean, we all know we both like Williams a lot. We'll save him for the end. Uh, do you have any hopes for anybody else on this wide receiver core outside of, of Williams? You know, Kenny stills flashes. Um, and at least he flashes explosiveness. Uh, Devonte Parker. If you listen to our last show with the back row takeover, uh, you know, he's not Brandon Lloyd. That's for sure. Yeah. So he's not going to have a fifth-year breakout. He's a big receiver who can't separate with routes and can't outbody people. Um, occasionally, he'll have a flash game or a flash catch, but Devontae Parker's not the answer. Uh, they also have Bryce Butler uh, that they signed, um, and I don't expect anything to come from Bryce Butler. Uh, Jakeem Grant, while a very exciting player, uh, I just don't think he's got the size to be able to be anything more than a, a slot wide receiver that, uh, and he's not, I definitely don't think he can handle uh, a full like 10, 12 targets, 15 targets a game. Uh, he's going to flash as well. You know, they've, the dolphins have about four or five of these guys that if they get, you know, they'll flash, give them some limited targets, and they could flash. So maybe that's going to be their approach is just to use a couple of these positions to rotate a bunch of these guys in and give them, you know, thir- each of them 30% of the snaps and just hope one of them catches lightning in a bottle periodically. Uh, Albert w- Wilson, uh, you know, he looked good in some games. Again, he's a, he's a smaller guy, but he's pretty sturdily built at 200 pounds. But he doesn't have, you know, again, he's another guy that d- just hasn't really broke out. What did he have? 75, 75, uh, wait, where's his targets? Oh, oh, 35 targets. He only has, in five years, he's got 233 targets. You know, he's not breaking out either. Uh, 
So the hope really is Preston Williams. Yeah. Uh, that's that's really all there is. It's can Preston Williams keep his head out of his butt and and show uh, what what he. Can he show his talent and, and stay out of trouble? If he can, Preston Williams could really be the steal of the draft. Yeah, I mean, we've we've talked about him many a times now. Um, I'm a huge fan of his as well. You and um, I want to say it was Jared. You two first talked about him after the Combine episode because he wasn't invited. I think he had just run uh, in his pro day whenever we were able to get Jared on. He ran a little bit slower than people had hoped. Uh, but still, I went back and looked at a lot of his tape based on what you guys were saying as well. He looks like he could be a stud in the NFL, and I don't think he has any real competition there in Miami. Now, obviously, I hope Devontae Parker can do something, uh, but I don't, obviously, I agree with you. I don't expect him to, this to be his breakout year and him all of a sudden become the wide receiver prospect everybody thought he was coming out of college. Uh, so I think it really does come down to Preston Williams. If if you're looking at this just based on fantasy, I think this, for me, is much like the New England tight ends and just avoid it at all possible because we don't know what Rosen is going to be able to do there with any of these guys. Uh, I might take a flyer on Kenny Stills, especially in a best ball league, just because he, he's proven that times that he can be a deep threat and, and put up those few games here and there where he gets you, you know, 100 yards and a couple touchdowns. And then, you know, dynasty drafts, I take Preston Williams late because a lot of people seem to be passing on him uh you know i know in the leagues uh that you and me are in it's been kind of a game of chicken of who's going to get him first you have gotten him before me most of the time uh but there are there are a few that i've been able to get him in uh, i would take preston williams late in any startups or rookie drafts that you're in because a lot of people it seems like are not really paying attention to him and i'm with you i think he he has a real shot to break out and be a star here in miami the tight end, uh, for me, I don't think there's really a battle here. I think it's going to be Mike Gesicki, but Dwayne Allen is a proven vet. Do you think Allen poses any threat to Gesicki in his fantasy value this uh, in 2019? Allen might vulture a couple t- touchdowns from him, um, but his his best days are behind him. His, his rookie year, he caught 45 passes, and that was his peak, and that was in 2012. So I think Allen will come in. He's going to be a blocking tight end. He's, he'll be the second guy. He's 265 pounds. He's the veteran presence. Gesicki is just such a good athlete that we sometimes forget that the conventional wisdom is it takes two or three years for a tight end to really get settled in. So you get Mike Gesicki coming in and he's got all of this dynamic playmaking ability. And so we all want him to, to hit right now, but we just have to be patient and let him grow into being an NFL tight end. So I, I don't have uh, issues with drafting Gesicki. I think it's definitely a, uh, you know, if you pull him as your second tight end, uh, or your third tight end in a dynasty league, uh, then I think you're wi- you're you're winning that position. Uh, he, he's, I think he's going to be J- one of Josh Rosen's favorite targets, uh, just because he's six six and two hundred and fifty pounds and can run a four five forty. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, there's really nothing nothing else to touch on with him. I, I like Gasecki. I think he he's got a chance to to really be a good tight end this year. 
So nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. One of the biggest camp battles they have is something that's been debated on Twitter all over the place, and we did a little bit of it again on the Back Row Takeover show in the last episode for us. A lot of people, including you and me, think that Sean McCoy is going to eventually be off this roster, whether it's by cut or trade, because he's owed just way too much money for a team that's likely not competing for the playoffs. But if he does end up on the roster, even if you do think he's gone, I know we both touched about it, touched on it in the back row show, but just really quick, Yeldon, Singletary, what do you think about this backfield battle? Well, I, I think uh, TJ Yeldon uh, now at what uh, going into his fifth year, he has shown us exactly how average he is. Uh, he's four yards of carry. Uh, he he his best year was his rookie year. He had 182 carries for 740 yards. Uh, he can catch the ball well. He had 55 catches last year in Jacksonville. Uh, r- rushed for 414 yards. But he's not the answer to your running back problems. He's a change of pace guy, third down guy, uh, doesn't have a lot of power. Uh, I don't know if Devin Singletary is the answer, but I do know that TJ Yeldon is not. Uh, I think Shady McCoy. You know, he flashes a little bit, but at 31 years old, I feel like the uh, Buffalo with their young wide receiver core, their young offensive line and quarterback, they've been putting, you know, they drafted Ed Oliver this year, Tremaine Edmonds last year. You know, they're putting together a stout defense. Uh, I think they are going to, they want to find out what they have. They're going to want to find out what they have in Singletary and, so I think they're going to move on from McCoy. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, I've been a big Singletary fan. Uh, I've had grabbed him in as many drafts as I can. I think as, as you guys all eloquently touched on on the back row show, we know what TJ Yeldon is at this point. Um, and I, I think Singletary has a chance to be better than him. But even if he is a chance star, he's going to be just as good or, or right around what TJ Yeldon is. Uh, so I, I would – Bet on Singletary here. Yeldon is a phenomenal receiving back, and I think if they use him that way, he could be useful for fantasy. Uh, but give me all the shares of Singletary uh, that I can get really quick. Uh, just saw this pop up. Uh, I don't know if any of you watch Good Morning Football, but apparently Michael Robinson actually picked the Buffalo Bills to win the AFC East. Uh, so I thought that was a little bit interesting, considering I literally just saw that pop up as we're talking about them. Uh, for their wide receivers here, though, uh, brought in a couple of guys in the offseason here in John Brown and Cole Beasley. Uh, you know, Cole Beasley, I think, is pretty much, for, I, w- I would say, cemented himself into the slot for them. I, I don't see anybody else on their roster, I think, that could take over in the slot role. They have a lot of guys that can play on the outside, though. Um, and John Brown, Robert Foster, Zay Jones. I mean, I don't know if, if you're a fan of Ray Ray McLeod or Isaiah McKenzie. I did like David Sills coming in this year, but I don't think he's going to do much of anything this year. I think it really comes down on the outside to Brown, Foster, and, and Jones. Uh, your thoughts on those three in the battle for the outside wide receiver spots? Yeah. Zay Jones, to me, is the guy to own in this uh, wide receiver core. 
I, I'm not a Cole Beasley fan. I could see David Sills replacing him uh, as a as a big slot, and and yeah, I think Beasley's going to get a shot. He's a likable guy. I think he does. He's going to do enough to play. Uh, one guy that really intrigues me in Buffalo is Duke Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a little bit of a troubled college career, I think, at Grambling, and. Uh, was on the Chargers for a, a cup of coffee, I believe. And then he went up to Canada, and he really excelled playing up in Canada for a year or two. And now he's on the, the Bills roster. Uh, he's going to definitely he, – he's not a speedster. He's a 4'6 guy, but he's big, 6'2". Uh, he's, you know, he could vie with David Sills and play that, that big slot role. He could become the wide receiver four. I, I'm starting to feel like John Brown and Robert Foster kind of cancel each other out. Uh, I, I think that maybe both of them make the team, but only one of them is going to play because they kind of do the same thing. Uh, you know, they're both fast. They're going to get down the field. Uh, I want I want to get a hold of Zay Jones, put him on my team, and uh, uh, I think he's really he's starting to mature. And I think he's going to step up and become the number one receiver there in Buffalo. Yeah, um, I hope so. But I'm I'm not sold on Zay Jones. Uh, he he's I don't want to say Devontae Parker territory for me. I think he's only been this is his third year in the league. Correct now, coming into 2019. Uh, I don't know. Okay, well I'm pretty sure I'll, that's right. I'll tell you here in a sec. <laughs> but. uh I, I, I'm just not so. I haven't seen enough of him. Again, he did have the off-field stuff last year. Yes, this is going into his third year, 2017. So, yeah. uh, I liked him coming out of college, and I do think he has talent. Uh, he just hasn't shown it. Uh, give me all the Robert Foster that you can get. I, I like what he showed with Allen at the end of last year. They seem to have a really good connection. I think he plays better into Allen's game and going deep and, and just trying to run under the ball because we all know Allen – is throwing it in a general direction somewhere down the field and hoping someone ends up underneath it uh, besides the opposing team. Uh, I, I, I don't. I think Zay Jones is is right there with Foster as the best options on that team. I agree with you. I don't think Cole Beasley is going to be much of anything for this team. Not a huge fan of John Brown. Uh, so I think it's going to come down to Jones and Foster. If I had to choose between the two, uh, I would take Robert Foster right now. At tight end, they brought in... Um, Dawson Knox out of Ole Miss here in the draft. He's been kind of widely regarded as a very good tight end prospect. They also had Tyler Croft that they brought over from the Bengals in the offseason. Either one of these guys suits you for fantasy? Does does it matter for you at all, or or what are you thinking? I I almost think it still might be Jason Kroom if he can stay healthy. Okay. He's got the experience. Croft is a, a nice player. But he's he's a red zone guy. Um, he's had some injury history himself. I don't know if it's just Cincinnati tight ends or, or it is. what. Yeah, it's a Cincinnati um, tight end curse. You know, Dawson Knox. He played at Ole Miss, and uh, you know they had a terrible quarterback and three NFL quality wide receivers. So he doesn't. If you go, if you try to look at his college stats on paper, you're like, how can this guy even be in the NFL? Uh, but I th- he's a good athlete, and he's he's got some skill, and, and it's it's one of those situations where uh, 
you know, you, you can only get so much production out of a, a bad quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what they did at Old Miss. Uh, you know, mo- A.J. Brown got most of that production. Uh, when Dawson Knox got the ball, he did good things with it. If I'm going to draft a tight end here, uh, you know, I might try to see if Kroom, who's going to win the, the starting role between Croft and Kroom and maybe try to stream one of them, grab Knox and throw him on my taxi squad. Uh, you know, we have a surprising number of rookies that came in this year that, that need to develop. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe it's not surprising, but there's a lot of guys that I feel like, you know, grab them, throw them on your taxi squad, you know, let's give them, give them a year or two to marinate and learn the NFL game and see if they can continue to develop because they've got the physical tools. Knox is like that. He's a six, six, two fifty. Decent speed, six four two fifty four, you know. But he's he's got to learn to be an NFL player. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. Like I said, I, I liked him coming out of college. He's definitely a guy that if you can stash him, I would because uh, I would expect him to be the future tight end there uh, for the Bills, but not anybody I expect to do anything this year. The New York Jets finished last year, in all honesty, I think probably have the most upside coming into this season, and not really a lot of battles here either. They've got a pretty good roster, all things considered. Um, Running back, more I want to talk about. We all know Le'Veon Bell is going to be the guy, although Adam Gase doesn't seem to like him, and maybe we could speak on the fact that, you know, having Le'Veon Bell there, we've seen what Adam Gase did with Kenyon Drake, although Le'Veon Bell is by far a much better back than Kenyon Drake. If Bell goes down, who do you expect to get a bulk of the backup carries? Um, Elijah McGuire, who I do know you are a big fan of, or Ty Montgomery? I think Ty Montgomery has shown that, well, he's a capable fill-in for, you know, five to eight carries at running back or five to eight targets at running back catching passes. I think Montgomery has shown he can't take the pounding to be uh, an NFL running back. He's, he's uh, a more fragile version of uh, Buck Allen. You know, Allen is a really good receiver. He can block really well. He understands the pass protection. Uh, he's not a dynamic runner. Montgomery is a better runner than Allen. Um, I, I, for me, it's, it's, mcguire pretty comfortably mm-hmm. uh, he's 510 214 uh had a good college career and, and can play on all three downs uh i i, I begrudgingly have cashed out of elijah mcguire gotcha uh, uh when when bell went to new york it uh, i i i had a, a ceremony and i i burned my tie <laughs> My Elijah McGuire shares while I sat around with a cup of coffee crying. Yeah, I can. I had such that. hope. I had such hope for McGuire. Hey, I was right there with you. I mean, if it, I don't know if this is going to make you feel better or worse, but you actually had convinced me over the off season to buy into McGuire a little bit more. I would not be surprised if McGuire gets a little bit more work than people think. So. When it comes to rushing the ball, obviously, I, I would say he was average at best, but. 
he's a much better receiver than I think people realize. If you go back and look at some of the the production he was able to put up when he really started getting the ball last year from week nine on. I mean, I know 37 yards doesn't sound like a lot, but 27, 23, 29, 50, 24, all on just a couple catches a game. He's a very good receiver, had a lot of uh, touchdowns as well built in there, whether it was the rushing. He went three weeks in a row with a rushing touchdown, added in some receiving touchdowns. Anybody who had him in the fantasy playoffs last year remembers that game. I think it was against Houston that he just went off on that game and probably vaulted a lot of people into the next round of the playoffs if they were counting on him. I would not be surprised if he gets a little bit more work than people expect just because we've seen from Adam Gase, not just with the Kenyon Drake, but even when he was in Denver, they, he tends to use multiple running backs at times. Now, I know some people might say, hey, that's crazy. He's got Le'Veon Bell. He's going to use that guy 98% of the time, and you may be right. But if you got Le'Veon Bell, I would try and get Elijah McGuire if you can because I would not be surprised if he used him more often than not. Or if you have Elijah McGuire and the Le'Veon Bell owner wants him, maybe hold off. Try and get the best deal out of him if you could. Uh, but I, I would try and hold on to him and see if he's got any kind of value going into the year. The wide receivers for the New York Jets are, are kind of the same thing here with, with the running back. So we know Le'Veon Bell, again, Right now, the, the rock-solid one. I kind of feel like Robbie Anderson is the rock-solid one on the outside for the Jets. We really saw him come on at the end of the year there with Sam Darnold. Jermaine Curse on the outside, maybe. Not a big fan of. I, I think there's a huge battle in the slot where we saw Quincy and Noonwa play a lot. Him and Jamison Crowder, they did bring in Crowder in the offseason, so maybe that's them leaning toward Crowder. Do you think either one of these guys has a chance, or who you think is going to be the guy in the slot? Do you think Inunua plays there, or do you think they shift him outside? Uh, I think Inunua is going to move outside. Uh, Crowder can't play outside. He's, yeah. That's just not – that doesn't suit him. Uh, he's not productive there. Uh I like Robbie Anderson a lot, and I like Quincy Inunua a lot. I, I struggle with Jamison Crowder. In part, um, he hasn't been able to stay very healthy, excuse me, the last couple of years. And uh, he has, uh, you know, when you're not healthy, you're not productive. You know, talk out of camp right now is that he's clicking pretty well with Sam Darnold. And, you know, I suppose uh, against guys with no pads, uh, that's pretty easy to do. You know, <laughs> we've seen Robbie Anderson be dynamic and we've seen Quincy and Nunwa put up numbers. So for me, it's pretty comfortably Anderson and, and a Nunwa. Uh, I don't think I think Curse is actually a free agent. I don't think they've re-signed him yet. Oh, is he? I just saw him on the team sheet. I don't I don't even know if he if he is or isn't. But looking at the R lads uh, depth charts, I don't see him on there. Uh, as of six one, yeah, that's when it was updated. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, he is a free agent. All I had to do was click on his name. So that's on me. Way to go and mess that up. I mean, they got Greg Dortch. Well, any interest? Maybe. You know, maybe he. I think he he can probably make the team. You know, the, uh, uh, I suppose if you're really interested in grabbing a, a a deep sleeper off of this team. You know, there's Dorch, there's Deontay Burnett out of USC. Uh, they still have Sharon Peak on the on the uh, team. You know, Peak is going into his third year if he hasn't done anything yet, which he hasn't. You know, he's probably not going to. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, he might he might aspire to be a, the wide receiver four. You know, maybe he becomes the wide receiver three at some point, but more more than likely not. So it's the big three, and then a couple deep stash names in Dorch or Burnett. So uh, you know, I Robbie, if if I'm I'm going to take Anderson first. Uh, you know, he's going to be the most expensive of the three. Yeah. I wouldn't begrudge anybody else for waiting on Anunua or Crowder. Uh, I just think Anderson is the the, the most dynamic of the receivers. Uh, I think he's he, he'll probably have lead the team in targets, but not in catches, but have the highest yards per catch and be in the arena as far as receiving touchdowns. Yeah, because I, I think we would both agree the one player who's going to lead the team in receptions is going to be tight end Chris Herndon. And I think he's pretty much solidified him spot in, his spot My in man. that role. Yeah, I knew he was your guy. That's why I just wanted to throw that in there really quick. There, no real battle there at tight end. Uh, he proved himself last year. He, he's got the role. I mean, I wouldn't say all to himself. I'm sure that when they go, obviously, they go two tight end sets, he, he's not going to be able to play both tight ends, although he is really good. So I wouldn't put it past him to be able to do it. But uh, he's really the only fantasy-relevant tight end here for the New York Jets. Uh, so that wraps up the, the AFC East camp battle. Since since we're approaching about an hour here, we're going to save the AFC West camp battles for Thursday because we want to jump into the Listener League stuff. In 2019, 10 random people came together to form the Knights of the Fantasy Football Roundtable. They challenged the host of this program in deep fantasy battle. In hopes of dethroning one of these hosts and proving that they themselves are the best in all of fantasy football. The fight will rage on through the entire 2019 season. Will one of these ten owners be able to dethrone the host, or will the host end up ruling the day once again? So we have a new winner for Mr. Trent Thompson for sending us a picture of him and his dog, Scooby. Congratulations, buddy. We will uh, get you into... Yeah. Yeah. We will get you into the Twitter group later we don't want to do it prematurely like i've done in the past so we'll give everybody a chance to listen to this episode and then we will add you to the group you can reach out to me or dennis on twitter once you've heard the episode uh, and we'll get you into the twitter group uh and then dennis here is going to explain the next way to get into the listener league all right so if you've been listening to us a while and i know you have you guys know that we, we like to include individual defensive players on our teams as opposed to team defenses. We want to play the whole game of football, offense, defense. Uh, occasionally, we'll include a kicker, so we have special teams if we're forced to. So I guess maybe by whole game of football, I mean two-thirds of it. Uh, so this weekend, I was on uh, Sunday Live with IDP Tipster uh, and – it was a it was a ton of fun. We talked about uh, guys we expect to have uh, to to break out or bounce back this year. You know, I talked about uh, uh, Morgan Burnett who just signed w- with the uh, 
as a free agent with the Browns. He's going to be starting uh, next to Demarius Randall. Uh, really good the first few years of his career in Green Bay. Was down a little bit for a couple years. Uh, didn't have a great year last year in Pittsburgh, but I think he's in a great spot this year to bounce back and really put up some great IDP numbers. Um, I might have even said top five safety or top five de- top five safety, not defensive back, uh, which uh, might be a stretch, but that's what I said, so I'm going <laughs> to stick with it. Um, so what we'd like to do with this contest, be, you know, Gary, uh, IDP Tipster, uh, gave me a free subscription to their website. Uh, and so what we'd like you to do is tag Matt and I in a post of your favorite, post a GIF of your, your favorite defensive player. Uh, tag us and use the hashtag Knights of the Roundtable. Uh, and then... Next next Monday, we will pick a new winner, and that winner will get into the Listener League, and they will get a free one-year subscription to the IDP Tipster to make sure that they are winning their IDP leagues. Yeah, and that'll, that'll be awesome, getting the, the free subscription. We will also make sure that you cannot win the Listener League. I will I will do everything possible to make sure that doesn't happen so you don't get the extra benefits. Now I'm just messing with you. Uh, that, that'll be an awesome thing, and we appreciate those guys for not only having you on and allow you to be there and kind of help, obviously, promote our podcast and, and be on there and give them the great advice that you did, but also giving us the ability to give one of our listeners one of those free subscriptions because that is awesome, and, and they're a great site, and everything they do is awesome. So it's great that we can provide that to one of our listeners as well. So that will do it for us today, guys. Thank you so much for listening again. We still have spots open. I was wrong earlier on the uh, the reviews. We've only had one extra review. I was looking at the ratings, so you still have time to jump in there and review. Again, we will give one of those listeners a thing. It, it only takes a couple seconds, and it would mean a lot to me and Dennis if you guys could do it. Uh, so jump on to there, give a rate and review also. Just got news today, as Dennis posted online, that we are now on iHeartRadio, which is awesome. We are very proud of that. And I actually just got an email right before the podcast that we are now available on Stitcher as well. So once the podcast get li- go live and put them on Twitter, I will include the link to Stitcher as well from now on like I did last week with uh, Spotify and CastBox. So we are really uh, proud and, and, and just thrilled to be on all these platforms and might have some other stuff in the works as well that we're, we'll be possibly announcing here soon uh, depending on how things go. So we're, we're excited to continue to keep expanding and, and, and continuing to make this group bigger and better dennis before we cut out of here let everybody know where they can find you on twitter and if you have anything in the works for dynasty nerds right on i am uh, at culture underscore coach on twitter uh shoot me a dm ask me some questions post it out there i'm more than happy to answer and give you a hand uh i want you to win your league win your draft uh it's all about having fun let's have a good time play some fantasy football i'm working on my next installment of dynasty stashes uh, with the NFC, I did the NFC West. I'm doing the AFC West now, and that should be out within the week or so, uh, or at least submitted within a week or so. Also working on a, a series over at Dynasty Nerds. A bunch of the writers are doing it. We're doing a 32 teams in 32 days, and we're going to kind of recap every NFL team and the the Dynasty, uh, the fantasy football prospects on each team, offense and defense. So look out for that. Uh, Once we get some of those in the hopper so we don't get too far behind, they'll start getting released. Uh, 32 teams in 32 days. If you haven't signed up for the Nerd Herd, uh, you missed out on the early adopter. So it's going to 
price went up, but it's still worth it. You get two podcasts instead of one. Uh, rankings, all kinds of rankings. Uh, yeah. Tight end premium superflex rankings, Devi rankings, standard rankings, IDP rankings. The IDP rankings are so cool. It's integrated with the offense, and so you can go on there and search, and you can look down and see, well, where do the rankers at Dynasty Nerds think that it's that you should start to take defensive players in a draft when you're, you know, putting your team together. It, it's so cool. You, you got to check it out. Uh, hashtag nerd herd. Yeah, it's definitely worth a subscription. Um, you know, I do the Debbie Just rankings for coffee. there. Yep, exactly. Just a cup of coffee. So I do the Debbie ranks. If any of you guys who are in Debbie leagues, I just joined my first Debbie league with a bunch of the writers in the Nerd Herd, so I'm excited about that. Um, and I have a J.K. Dobbins article, Dobbins article in the works right now, uh, talking about how I think he's one of the elite backs in this coming class that everybody is overlooking. So excited to get that out as well. And definitely check out the 32 team articles once those start releasing I've, I've been looking at some of the stuff going on with those they're they are going to be awesome as a great little project that dennis put together there uh, at the nerd herd so guys thank you again so much for listening and again if you guys have time please leave a rate and review uh we would really appreciate it and we will talk to you guys again on thursday and if you're that jackass that gave us one star without a review <laughs> at least leave a review yeah, you can tell us what we did wrong. We'd appreciate yeah, that, too. Yeah, we're more than happy to listen. We'll take it under consideration. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Dennis, thank you, and I'll talk to you again soon. Right on. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Oh, they tackle him at the 40-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play?